there's not that sense of a group consciousness. We have one planet. That's it. Yeah. And everything looks the same if you don't have oxygen and food. Like we've kind of forget the essential things. Like so the idea if we're all equal, and I know this sounds, you know, oh, oh, simplistic or la-da-da, but oneness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like seeing everyone as a member of your family. If mm. the human race is a family, then we can start to really work together. What's up, damn givers? Welcome to Let's Give a Damn, a podcast about people who give a damn, by people who give a damn, and for people who give a damn. That's you. Thanks for listening in. I'm so, so glad you're here. Last week, I went up to the Rain Wilson residence in LA, but it was not to chat with Rain. This time, I stopped by to record a podcast conversation with his wife and much better half, Holiday Reinhorn. Aaron Shackery, one of the Lide Haiti board members, joined us for the chat, and I had a blast. We spent the majority of our time together chatting about all things Haiti, Lide, empowering young people, and we even talk about how Rain stole a bunch of hotel keys like 20 years ago. But back to Lide. Lide provides academic support and arts programs that empower girls who have been denied equal access to education and strengthen their resiliency. You may be asking, is educating Haitian young girls in the arts the best thing Lee Day can be doing for them? I mean, they probably need clothes and food and jobs. Well, Holiday and Aaron have a fantastic response to this question. I want to point something out before we get going. This organization exists to serve young women and it is primarily led and run by women. This is hugely important. Two of the co-founders are women, most of the board members are women, over half of them being Haitian women, and almost all of their staff are women. I do want to give a special shout out to the third co-founder, Catherine Adams, who is also the executive director who has lived in Haiti for the last four years. She, alongside Rain and Holiday, have started something truly impactful and hopeful and amazing in Haiti. And sometime in the next year, I plan to head down to Haiti to visit Lide and a bunch of other amazing people and organizations down there, and I'll be sure to record a podcast with Catherine Adams. Okay, I think I've said all I need to say before we get going, so let's do this. This is the Let's Give a Damn podcast, and here is my chat with Holiday Reinhorn and Aaron Shackery. Holiday Reinhorn and Aaron Shackery, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So glad uh, you're thank you for here. inviting me into your home and in your office, Holiday. This, this is, is it. Super fun. Nobody can see it, but there's a key <laughs> wall. What's up with the key wall? Well, the key wall. There's a lot of books here. Yes. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's the most important. No, part. no, no. I, I needed like a room to house my books, but I also house my keys. If you're asking about which, okay, so my husband Rain Wilson, who you've talked to on this, yep, podcast. a couple years ago. Yep, one of the first. Okay, well when. When we first met, he was an actor on tour back in the day, and um, he was on a bus and truck tour of all 49 states okay. doing Romeo and Juliet, and so we were dating. I was living in Seattle, and he would send me the keys from every motel that he back when Back when there were keys in <laughs> There motels. were keys. He would just leave with the key. That's he right. Wouldn't, he wouldn't turn it back in. He wouldn't I turn it back in. Yeah. So he's that guy that's like, oh, we don't have the key to that room. He's Because yeah. he stole he, he's it. He's the one and they're all here. Yeah. And then some of them say my name on them. Like uh, one had, there was a waitress named with my name. And I don't Super know, fun. just various stuff. Well, I'll so. try to remember to take a picture if you don't right. mind. So people, we told people about it. Now they have to like see a picture yeah. of it. Yeah, okay. You know? you, you're wonderful. allowed. You're allowed. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Let's begin by getting to know a little bit about you both. Since you kind of opened us up, we'll start with Aaron. Um, I just want to know, like, before we talk about your work in Haiti with Lide and the wonderful work you're doing, let's begin by getting to know you a little bit. I think that will inform That'll help us see why you're doing the kind of work you're doing instead of you could be doing a million other things, right? And you're doing this. A couple. And so, yeah, a couple a couple things. So when I say tell me who you are, whatever comes to mind, uh, give us a little bit, a little taste of that. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you for having us here. Yeah, it's really course. nice to speak to another, um, a thought leader. Yeah. Uh, not another, but a thought leader. Thank you so much for oh, having us. you both us. are. Come on. Um, Don't be so modest. Well, I am... 
fortunate to be a friend of Holiday Reinhorn's, and I met Holiday, let's say our kids are 14, so 15 years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, when we both lived in the Valley, and Holiday was a writing teacher for me. Um, so I have been a writer, I've been involved in PR, marketing, et cetera, and um, I have always been interested in helping in the greater, helping the greater good, but I always thought it would be later on in my life. And um, I had a great opportunity a couple of years ago when um, Rain asked me if I would eventually want to bring my daughters mm. with, uh, with me to Haiti. He said, one day you'll come with us. And I said, yeah, okay, okay, buddy. <laughs> As I, have, I have three daughters and three teenage daughters. Now they're 18, 17, 13, uh, 14. Um, but at the time, they were much younger. And I said, okay, yeah, okay, great. <laughs> um, and then when my – oh, and I should probably tell you who I am, what I did, all that kind of stuff. I'll, t- I'll get to that. But, <laughs> but the reason that I um, became in- really became involved um, was a couple months later, my 13-year-old daughter snuck out of the house, was out Uh-oh. like hanging out with – you know, kind of the wrong sort. She'll be embarrassed to hear this. And um, came home in a police car. Just She was just out after curfew. Sure. It was not a big deal. But I was realizing that my children had had developed uh, affluenza, had kind of uh, lost sight of who they really truly are. And so I called Rain and Holiday and said, we'll be helpful. How can we be helpful? And they said, come with us. Mm. So I took my two older daughters, 14 and 13 at that time, and we went down to, to help out. And since we went to Haiti, I just I couldn't get enough of trying to be available and be helpful. That's awesome. So so now I'm a board member for Lead A, and I help with social media. I help with outreach for youth, and also just if if anyone's interested in having us come and speak about Lead A to their um, communities, their organizations, then I'm I like to be a part of that. That's awesome. Um. So my own background. Yeah. As a military brat mm-hmm. and lived, a, like I was telling you earlier, I'm from Los Angeles originally, and then my family moved to Bermuda. We moved to Naples, Italy. Um, my parents kept moving and to Alabama, Spain, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I went to college, and um, that's where I'm at. And the reason this organization is so important to me is um, my grandmother, my grandmother was a, a graduate of USC, really, really smart woman. And I always recognized uh, the strong role models that I had for mm. women and what the part that education plays in it. So this really speaks speaks to my heart. And yeah, it connects a lot hours. of dots. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's, that's me. That's Thank like, you. that's my life story. There, for there you. it is. There it is. Holiday. <laughs> tell us a little well, bit about Erin also didn't mention she's an m- m- amazing writer. She's a yoga uh-huh. and meditation teacher and has taught in our programs, which has been wonderful and done professional development right. workshops. Well, what's so funny about that is if I type holiday in the internets, like a lot comes up. And when I, I was like, did somebody, did you pay somebody really well to, to like scrub the internet? Because I found your Twitter account, but then I found the yoga thing. So I was oh. going to ask about that. I found Twitter, your Twitter account, and yoga. Yeah. You know what you didn't find probably was about 10 years ago, I won a, um, a baking contest too. So oh, that's maybe you. that's on page that's four or five. Of, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, holiday. So, yes. And she is a wonderful uh, addition to the Lead Day board. Awesome. So that's great. I'm, um, so I'm Holiday and I am a fiction writer. Um, by trade, my uh, I have a collection of short stories called Big Cats and a lot of a novel and a new collection, which is almost done, about to go um, go out into the world, hopefully. So that's me. And I've, you know, I have a master's from the Iowa Writers Workshop. Mm-hmm. And um, I was an actor and a performance artist is how I came to writing. That's how I met my husband. We really just devoted ourselves to working on our art, you know, and I always, but I always had this philanthropic kind of thread underneath wishing to do more, especially in women's education, because I come from generations of female teachers. Yeah. And I, I didn't really appreciate it as I could have as a young person, but my grandmother started a school for autistic children, the Perry Center in Portland, Oregon. It was one of the first of its kind. And um, I remember her just, you know, there were always these stories of her going out into the Spanish Basque community and doing literacy and empowerment and like working in the lumber camps with the families of the loggers and all sorts of work like that. And it was always in my mind. And Mm -hmm. my father also was in the military. Um, He was a dentist in the army. So we lived overseas. We lived in Southeast Asia and Japan. 
and uh, Hong Kong and Philippines, and I witnessed extreme poverty. Mm. And I think that had a real impact too. So it was the idea of the, the inequalities of the world just weren't okay to me. Like if someone was unable to have the basic necessities of life that are possible, it's just how they're distributed that's unjust. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. that was always part of it and always pushing at me. And so when I... um started being a writing teacher, I wanted to kind of get out of the university and do more to for populations that weren't exposed to creative writing, you know, because education and uh, the arts are so important. And so I taught a little bit in like juvenile system and volunteering and um, taught at university too, but also like adult uh, community centers, you know, just off the beaten track, mm -hmm. you know. And I found that that addition to people's lives was really transformative. So come 2010, when the earthquake happened in Haiti, um, six months later, I get this strange email across my desk that just said, uh, we're looking for creative writers, artists, you know, actors, painters to come be part of a, a workshop in the tent city in Port-au-Prince hmm. for displaced persons, adolescent girls ages 12 to 18, to do a two-week arts workshop to help, um, you know, restore folks back yeah. into life. And probably you know? give them something to do and exactly. distract them from all the craziness. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. So how do 70,000 people live in canvas tents in rainy season with no sewage and no security and no, you know... Um, it was most dangerous, obviously, for adolescent girls. Mm -hmm, so that was mm -hmm. part of it as well, just creating safe space. So we went down to Haiti, and um, basically it was this incredible um, eye-opening experience because, frankly, I was pretty skeptical about the arts being the central thing that was needed. I mean, it just went... Right, you automatically think, no, uh, shoes, clothes, yeah. infrastructure, food, infrastructure, mapping, yeah. All the things. Everything. But not art, yeah, Yeah, I was sure. like, we'll get to that, you know. Um, but really, it was unbelievable because we went into a group of 40 women who couldn't close their eyes, couldn't sleep, couldn't... They were in such PTSD. And the arts, meditation, creative writing, the, the process of making art created immediate community. It created, it was immediately empowering. It was um, this state of renewal. And all these girls, even that had issues before the earthquake, were taking on life's challenges that had preexisted, you know? So we were like, oh, a light came on, you know? And so we thought, wow, this this could be incredible, especially in areas in the rural communities, mm -hmm. parts of Haiti, which really have even less accessibility for girls and women. And the power of really in the cost-benefit analysis of supporting women and empowering women is it, it's the way to to fight extreme poverty in so, the world. So you started seeing these needs and yeah. you, know, you did your at what point did Lee Day become? A thing. Yeah. So, well, we knew that it was a it was something that we didn't want to just show up and decide where Lide should be. The girls named it, by the way, which means leader. Yeah, tell us what it means. Yeah. yeah. So in Creole, it means leader. It means visionary. It Amazing. means voice. It means illumination. So an idea, bright idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, Life-changing idea. And, you know, one of the girls had said at the end of the first workshop, she's like, people come here all the time, you know, they come to Haiti and they bring us stuff and they, um, you know, they bring water systems and wind machines and all sorts of things, shoes, and um, but it makes no difference if we have no hope. And this program brings us yeah. hope, you know, like the way to transform is to live it. That old saying, someone smart, was like... Yeah. yeah. Um, I just want to so. say that again. That what Rain told me, the clincher, the reason that I went the first time was he he told me that story, and he kept saying, "What good are shoes if you don't have hope? Where are you going to go?" Yeah. So. And especially coming coming from like so much of education, you know that at the university and, and in elementary school and high school, it's like, oh, the arts, they're great. They're a great part of things. But as soon as we run out of money, we're cutting them, you know. It's the first thing to go. First thing to go. Um, least funded, you know, proportionally. Yep. 
And they're just pivotal. I just watch it. It's a magical process, like girls coming into and reading immediately, you know, just so. But I was going to say, um, and I lost my train of thought a little bit. It's what fine. was your question? The, the, the question was just your story. The question <laughs> yeah, is just your story. Tell your story. Oh, there's here no, it was. There's here no was. right or wrong Woo! answers here. Just tell it all. Okay. You know how you just find yourself in a, oh, in a yes. thicket. Well, there's okay. so, I mean, this has been like multiple years of a journey I for you all. I know. I sure. Okay. Oh, yeah. But this is really important. This is what it was. We didn't, we wanted to be invited. Yeah, that's right. That's yep. it. There were communities within Port-au-Prince that we were invited to come do little pilot projects, and we always found success whenever we did it. It just had this great impact, and we often go back years later, even places where we only visited once or twice, and we'll see remnants of the program because girls immediately adopt it. They invite other girls, and in fact, the program that w happened in the tent city continued on for a year and a half, mm. you know? Once once they were rehomed back into their neighborhood, it stopped. But it was that was another really important part of it. Anyway, so we went all over the country visiting and talking to people. And that was what we heard over and over from the communities, like girls' education. That's what we need. Our girls have no programs. Our girls are, you know, having babies younger and younger. It's getting worse and worse out here. More and more, you know, people are moving to the city. We don't you know, et cetera. The, the, the brain drain. Really. Brain drain, yeah. Yeah, as, as kids get educated, and particularly boys, mm -hmm. then they move on to the cities so that they can find work. Mm -hmm. Cities, I mean, Port-au-Prince. Or what often happens with Haiti as well is that the men will leave Haiti in search of a better life and send money back home. Sure, But yeah. women stay in the community. Yeah, and kind of com they, they continue, continue on. So giving, uh, you know, free space to grow is incredibly fertile, you know, in the communities. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be the sustainable thing. Yeah. So I think there's a statistic. It's like for every um, one woman that becomes literate, uh, it positively affects 100 people in her community. My goodness. Yeah. That's so beautiful. One, one guy is one guy. One guy. It just <laughs> Sorry, <is>. Nick. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm okay with that statistic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have two daughters and a wonderful wife, and I know how powerful and amazing and influential <laughs> they can be. And that makes sense. Like the other one staying behind to continue to feed and clothe and take care of mm -hmm. uh, the, the kids. And, yeah. So you, you talked about being invited in these communities. Yeah. Um, how have you both and your team, how have you worked through this white savior complex and yeah, not yeah. coming in? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, the white people coming in from our privileged uh, vantage point to save you versus coming alongside to say, what do you need? Exactly. Like, well, yeah, how have you guys wrestled through that over the years? Yeah, and it's ever it's constant. Right, yeah, like, yeah, you don't, yeah. You don't overcome that, right? Right, it's like we what we wanted was a collaboration, a consultation, you know, that continues. And we always felt that the people in the community knew what was best for the community and they will be experts on what a, a an educational program needs to be in their community. And that and it looks very different community to community. Um so we have 14 village locations. We have to be invited and it's an ongoing sort of conversation with the community. Like some in one community really wanted um, early childhood development. And so this, th this program sort of grew. Another was, um, one with, uh, you know, a, an education program for kids with disabilities. I mean, it just, all of these ideas have come out of the community, not our idea, but the community's initiative. Yeah. So you talked specifically about the idea of the white savior. Mm -hmm. um, so we have the, an incredible executive director, uh, Dr. Catherine Adams, and she's um, she's lived in country. I think she's the only expatriate Expat, American, yeah. yeah, who lives there um, full time. I know from my own experience, the first time that I visited uh, with my daughters, she was very clear that um, I think a lot of programs from various organizations, churches, and um, whatever type of group, very charitable organizations go down and they feel as though they can give something to the yeah. community. Yeah. Um, 
Catherine was very clear about not wanting for us to teach, especially not my daughters, because mm-hmm. my daughters were the same age as sure. the girls in the program. And she said what would be most powerful for all of you is if the girls, my girls, go and participate alongside. Because I think that there, in the mm. past, possibly there were families that were like, we'll bring our kids, and the kids are like, I'm going to teach them how to, you know, X, Y, Z. Which already makes the girls in the program feel different, other, oh, we don't have as much to share. Um, And that experience itself and the humility involved in us taking a backseat to what was actually happening, which is the learning, was very powerful for me to realize that um, just by sitting beside the girls and learning alongside the girls and hearing from them what they need was much more important to the broader scheme and scope of what we wanted to do with lead a overall than imparting, you know, our Western ideas. Oh, I mean, they're part of the Western hemisphere right. as well, right? What? But, um, but part of our like truly American, let's yeah. do it. Let's get it done ideas we instead. Yeah. yeah. And I really, I felt that that more quiet sitting back, observing and learning from the Haitians what's needed. And then, then us being able to take our own resources, what we know, what we have, and being able to support that. Yeah, yeah. that's so, really good. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Supporting the resources that are already there. Yep. As they're needed and asked mm-hmm. for. Yeah, and a lot of it too is um, our program, we have the 80 Haitian staff members that work for Lee Day, as, as Aaron was saying, and our expat executive director. So who, one to 80 ratio. Yeah, right? one to 80. White. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. great. And 92% women, which for uh, an international NGO wild. is is wild yeah. and, and is really, really special. And and so their ideas, having this big core of women, it's not a token idea. It's 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 absolutely- It's fundamental part of- Fundamental, yeah. It's the, who and what Lide is. Yeah. You, disc- you should describe what the Potomitan is. Oh, the Potomitan is the it, the woman in Haiti. The mother is called the Potomitan, which is the tent pole, yeah. the one who holds up the house. Um, but it's great. We need the tent pole. But the tent pole, if all the weight is there, it will be held back too. So we want to support mm-hmm. all the other walls as well, That's all great. the other women. So That's yeah. great. So get, give me a big scope of like what's happening with Lee Day. Like, so today, you know, that was years, the, the, the earthquake was 2010, mm-hmm. nine years ago. Mm-hmm. In the past nine years, what has this sort of turned into? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, um, so we- So eight, 80 staff, 80 um, staff. 92% women, mm-hmm. um, eight, 800 850 girls, girls. 850 girls. 14 village programs. So that would be all of the arts components are going on full time. So mm-hmm. that's photography. Photography, poetry, creative writing, theater improv, um, visual arts. Visual so arts. Drawing, liter- creative writing. Did yeah. you already say that? Creative writing. Creative writing. Creative writing. <laughs> yeah, it's our favorite. Guys, they love creative writing. I want to make sure you get that part. They're both creative writers. Did we mention that? Yeah, did we mention creative writing? <laughs> so those are the core you know, curriculum and it's theme based. So, and, and values based, virtues based. So the theme, there's a, there's a theme each month on a virtue, compassion, justice. you know, justice, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, that's awesome. always being. So that's, yeah, that's integrated into whatever they're doing, whatever exactly. outlet they're using. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's then cool. we have our um, standalone, our literacy program. So most girls don't have access to consistent education. Um, and many don't have it at all. So we have a literacy program called Alpha Bon and a numeracy program. And these are created within Haiti by Haitian women for rural Haitian women. So that is another amazing component that's local. So that's part of our program. We work with a smallholders farmers alliance. So we are able to um, employ community cooks with fresh local food. So each girl, when she comes to our program, gets a meal of fresh food. Now, most girls, uh, adolescent girls in this community will eat once every 24 hours. Mm. Um, so hunger and you know malnutrition, um, we're in the red zone there. So we've got a lot of you know issues of extreme poverty. Before we turn on the mic, you yeah. said one meal a day, but they're surrounded by food. Yeah. So what's going on there? Right. It's all in the distribution. Yep. Yep. There is not a food shortage in Haiti. And it's interesting because I'll talk to a lot of people that are like, oh, we need to 
take food. You know what I mean? We're coming with the rice program and, you know, all of that incoming food creates dependency and kills the local markets. So that's why the smallholders farmer uh, alliance is so terrific because it works with 2000 farmers and they're, um, the region where we work, it's called the Artibonite region, which is kind of the River Valley Delta area, mm-hmm. like the breadbasket of Haiti, really. Um, there's a, a lot of rice fields there that are coming back. And local, we, you know, sort of support projects of, for independent rice production. That's really great. You know, most of the brought-in rice is from Arkansas. Wow. Erin, yeah. you <laughs> mentioned um, that you went from being very reluctant. Rain said, let's mm-hmm. go. And you're like, eh, someday. And then you went, um, and now you're a board member. So yeah. how, how what, what was the journey there? Like, why was it so important to you to go all the way to board member, which is a very important, I'm, I'm, I'm a board member on several yeah. as well. Like it's, it's a weighty big thing. So what's, what's going on there? Well, I never would have guessed that I would be a board member of any nonprofit. It seemed like too big of a responsibility. Sure, yeah. What um what happened was I went and I saw it and I was fortunate enough to see it. Now I realize um at this stage that I didn't have to go see it. There's plenty of work that I can do here with Lide, but for whatever reason at that time when I went and saw what was happening on the ground, it occurred to me that I I have never seen a nonprofit or any organization truly that really existed to scaffold its mission with as many resources as it could. And really, I, I felt like for the money that we get, and you know, if you saw our budget, I mean, it's, it's tiny. Mm-hmm. The amount of work that we can get done with that for a, a holistic approach to a person, not just for their education, but to help really instill some resilience, I just thought I need to be a part of this. So... So when we came back, I was I said I'll, anything that you need from me, I'm I'm available. I can absolutely help you. I'm not sure, you know, take these hands and let me help you do whatever it is you need. Like I wasn't I wasn't even sure. Uh, do you need me to write something? There's that writing again. Do you need me to write Guys, anything? Guys, they like to creatively write. Have I just talked remember. about creative writing yet? <laughs> Have we talked about the writing? Um, do you need me to write blurbs? Do you need me yeah. to write anything for do PR marketing? The- yeah. So my daughters and I were involved with this, the social media. Cool. And then um, Rain and Holiday both said, would you be interested in being on our board? And at first, I I wasn't sure if I would say yes. And not because I didn't want to, but because I I was hoping I was going to be good enough, you know, mm, able yeah. to be supportive. But it's it's my heart. It's my heart. The idea of educating young women, like I said, I have three daughters. Yeah. So um, I feel like it's one of the most important things in the world. And if we have some resources, both internally, financially, um, anything that we can do, I think we should do it. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, so that's why. That's wonderful. That's yeah. wonderful. Aaron and I work together um, on the community level here in L.A., educating young people about Lee Day, about these issues, and they become really um, important here as well. Like An, make an it, ambassador. Yeah, yeah. She kind of runs what we call our youth ambassador program here. That's really great. So young young women who are interested in and becoming men. involved, and there young men too. Young yeah, young men too that are, yeah. that are curious about mm-hmm. We just to help. We just were at a school today mm-hmm. working with a group of boys doing hey, Lee Day-inspired If our young boys work, can yeah. learn... The yeah. importance of long before they have the potential to become, uh, I mean, just yeah, be, take on the the negative traits that a you know a bad man can have, you know, misogyny or sexism or anything. Before they learn all of that, maybe they're already exposed to some of it in their lives as young boys. But like, if they can learn the importance of valuing women and uh, supporting them, like early on, that's a world of good that you're putting in front of them. It was really, it was a really great day. And so, the more we can do this, we have a few more coming up. We are kind of out there a few times a month. Um, And local kids are getting involved locally with projects and then signing up to be monthly donors. Mm. There are some schools on the East Coast as well that we visited. There was a Muslim high school. It it runs the gamut. Runs the gamut. That's awesome. You know, there's so many things that Lee Day does in a day that I didn't even get to those. (laughs) When we were talking, like Computer Lab is going on. We have our transitions program, which is basically, this is for girls who are going out into the workplace. Yeah. They're learning how to have a bank account. They're learning how to, you know, 
save money. That's They're awesome. learning how to start a small business, you know, all sorts of programs early like that. Early childhood development. Early childhood development. Just recently, mm-hmm. just recently we've started doing early childhood development um, in part because some of the young women in our program become mothers uh, before they finish our program and need to bring their younger siblings or, or their children to the program. And we were also realizing that there was a need for them to have support and resources, uh, not just childcare, but also so that they would be able to see how to support and manage their household as um, as an educated mother. For me, this has been one of one of my favorite things because I've watched over the years as I've I've gone back to the program, some of these little tinies mm. growing up and learning how to even hold a pencil, to read and to write at a young age, whereas maybe their mother came to the program at 14, 15 illiterate. So to me, that is one of the changing faces of Haiti. And I feel like if we if we are seeing that kind of exposure to knowledge and education and um, creativity um, at that age, then just imagine it could be a very different world for them when they grow up or a different government, a different country, a different village, a different family for sure. So anyway, that's it. That, that one's exciting to me. Yeah. yeah. Let's leave... Lide aside for a second, and I want to ask you a couple questions that I think will be really helpful just to get your feedback on. We're living in very interesting times. I mean, you could say that about every period forever in history, but we are living in this one, Mm -hmm. and there are many marginalized groups that are experiencing, you know, persecution, and they're worried and they're upset. And we just live in, yeah, I mean, here, here on our soil and overseas, there's so much to worry about. There's so much shit going on. It's, it can be a little overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So from your perspective and the experiences that you've had pre-Lide Haiti and post-Lide, you know, the last nine years of Lide, how do you recommend everybody that's listening, all these damn givers that are listening, how do we stay hopeful mm-hmm. and or positive um, and not get so bogged down by everything? How do we stay? Because you can't create good things out of panic and out of no. anger because it'll, it'll be soiled. It'll be it'll have weird stuff in it. Mm-hmm. But out of hopeful spirits, you can create beautiful things like this, you know, yeah. devastating earthquake, so many lives ruined and families ruined and literally the infrastructure ruined Mm -hmm. and hopeful things came out of it. Right. And so how do we do that on an ongoing basis? Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, because I I can only speak for myself here, but the arts um, for me were always the answer because they were a spiritual, it's a spiritual act, an expressive act of the soul. And I feel like our world, you know, human problems have a spiritual, they're, they're a spiritual problem. You know the yeah. injustice and and yes. the prejudice and the the war and all of it is a spiritual malady. You know what I mean. So the the solution needs to be spiritual. It's not an institution that's going to come along or a human being is just. We gonna, can clearly see we, that. We for we, sure. we know yeah. that it doesn't yeah. work. Like we're yeah. living in the brokenness of all of it, and so um, to me, it is spiritually helping to empower young people who are going to walk into the future to give them spiritual empowerment, the tools to sort of say, all of us have this job, and that's to advance our civilization in a united way, united in all of our difference. Like right now we live in a time that can't tolerate, you know, a yeah. difference. It's yeah. it's like our idea of unity is like everybody has to agree on everything, you know? It, there's not that sense of a group consciousness. We have one planet. That's it. Yeah. And everything looks the same if you don't have oxygen and food. You, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like we've kind of forget the essential things. Like So the idea if we're all equal, and I know this sounds, you know, oh, oh, you know, simplistic or la-da-da, but oneness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like seeing everyone as a member of your family. If mm. the human race is a family then we can start to really work together across national lines, across political, you know, lines, all of it. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. So the idea of all of the Lide classes, it's like if we start finding that unity within, we can bring it to our community, and then our institutions will mirror 
those values. Yeah, it's beautiful. Erin, I think you'd probably agree with her because in your Twitter bio, you you, you have global citizen (laughs) there, right? Which is a big loaded statement. When I wrote that, and it's funny, I haven't been on Twitter for so long. I find it, I'm very flattered that you found my Twitter. I absolutely feel it. When I say global citizen, I mean finally feeling the humility uh, and the weight of responsibility, allowing myself to sit next to and not in front of or Mm. above other humans. You know know what I mean? Yes, I do. In terms of hopefulness and continuing to feel hopeful in the face of, you know, a lot of um, change, a lot of things that are feeling uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, So I teach yoga also. And one of the things that I like to say is to find comfort within the discomfort uh, trying to find um, oh, a sense, sure. a sense yeah, yeah. of calm mm-hmm. in the middle of chaos. The easiest way for me to do it, like if you're in a vinyasa class and you're doing like all of your um, your jump backs, your setbacks, blah, 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 all that stuff, and then you finally come back into your standing pose and you put your hands together and you have your thumbs at your heart and then just feeling your heartbeat. To me, that's super powerful. Yeah. It's a reminder, okay, well, I'm still here. There's yeah. there's blood pumping in my veins and I didn't put it there and I no. can't control it with my thoughts nope. or my politics or my voting. It's still there. And then if I were to put my hand on your heart, I can feel your humanity mm-hmm. pumping through your veins. And it doesn't matter whether you agree with me ideologically or not, like we're, we're the same. So that to me, when I saw my daughters relating with the girls in Haiti on a, a very like 13, 14 year old level, playing hand clap games and braiding each other's hair and talking, even though they didn't speak the the same language, then I realized it's just about one person meeting another person, meeting another person. That's it. Yeah. Um, So I feel like our program has grown from one girl and and addressing the challenges for that one girl, that one community, just one at a time, one meal at a time, one program at a time. I think it's actually a lot more powerful Mm -hmm. than we think um, you know, people like numbers and they like statistics and, you know, we've done this, you know, 4,000% better than last year. Like I was telling you, the the little kids that I've seen from year to year, yeah, to see two little kids that I had seen prior as babies with pencils in their hand and mimicking writing and, and trying to read at age two and a half. It's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> it's remarkable. Yeah. And yeah. I, also, the moms and the grandmothers. We, we do. We have programs for them. Oh, moms, so cool! Moms and the grandmothers. So multi generational. Yes. So recently, we always have our community literacy gatherings, and the girls lead those. And so the daughters are leading their moms, and most of their moms are illiterate, but the moms are all in literacy now. And you know that's taken three or four years, but the resources are now in place for the moms to have gathered their time so that they can come learn how to read too. And that's across the board, you know, because we said, which would you, you know, what would the community most need? Do you need healthcare workshops? Do you need, what do you need? And they're like, we need to read, we need to read. So. Yeah. That, and that, the multi-generation. Yeah. If I can give you a scene, most of the time when we go and we're teaching in a program, we'll be speaking with the girls and the girls, they know what what they're doing. So they're reading, they're writing, they're doing the theater exercises, cameras, whatever. And then at the edges, you'll see the mothers, the grandmothers, the fathers sort of standing back and the look of pride on their faces as they're watching these young women become educated is, it's like nothing you've ever seen. You know, it's not, they're not... (laughs) I was going to make a bad joke. I, I have a daughter that's I two do- one daughter in college and one that's like about to go into college. So we just went through the whole college app process. And these people are not paying $6 million to get their daughter on the row team at Berkeley. Um, yes. But their daughter is reading and they probably never expected that for her. No, it's not even. Why would they even expect that? Because they're just surviving day to or, day. Or what it might mean to them, yeah. to their grandchildren in the future to their great grandchildren. It's I mean, life altering progress. It's it's world changing. Yeah. So yeah. whether we actually truly believe that we're just educating one girl or not, I think we're actually educating a lot more. Anyway, that's my that's my humble Opinion. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think, you know, the times right now we live in, it, it's easy to get overwhelmed by all the problems. You can kind of be in the problem very easily. And it's just like a, what kind of gets me through the day is, and this would this would be the case no matter who was the president or what was going on in the Congress or 
who ruled the house or whatever is just um, the idea that I want to be in the solution somehow. And the solution, if you're focusing on helping to create a safe space, so someone who hasn't been safe and hasn't been able to grow and learn is one more participating soul in this advancement of the human family, you know what I mean? Yeah. Here and there, I'm not choosing to just go somewhere and do that. I also have a stake in the local community. Yeah. Yeah. And linking the local with the global is essential to me. Super essential. So I always say I don't do it super well all the time, but there's a there's a million things yeah, that, a million that things. Trump and name your person can't touch yeah. that I can focus on mm-hmm. and say, what can I do about and it's a lot of those things. It's your it's your community. It's your neighbors. And then how do, how does that link to my heart and my passion in Haiti and you know whatever whatever your thing is, whatever yeah. whoever's listening their thing is. Like there's so many things we can focus on, and I think that's where the hope comes from when you stop focusing on like yes, this person and these people they can change things. They can change the how our country looks and feels. But there's a million things they can never touch. Right. Yeah. You know, and we got to focus on that. Exactly. What do you want people to do? So they, you know, if they listen on a regular occasion, they're being presented with, you know, so many calls to action. Sure. But not all of them connect with everyone. In fact, mm-hmm. I hope, I always tell people, don't, like, not everything that you hear you need to act on. It has to, like, resonate with your heart. So I imagine some people are listening. Mm-hmm. And uh, girls' education, you know, women, women empower, female empowerment, arts, literacy, all those things are, like, really connecting with them right now. Mm-hmm. So if that is true for some people listening, what's the best way for them to get involved and help out and support? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's specifically to Lee Day, which would be amazing, you can begin to follow us on Instagram is our is our big presence, at Lee Day Haiti, and you can find out about how our, our programs are working daily, like just in terms of what's going on and what's happening, both in Haiti and then just you know, on a larger global scale in Geneva and Brussels and our executive director going and speaking about all of these issues on that kind of policy mm. level. But we have subscribers, monthly subscribers, and we also really support local groups of adolescent girls locally who would like to do Lide like activities mm. in, in their communities, you know, in um, communities where there's any sort of challenge and it's really hard. We've had, you know, girls start to use sort of our, you know, exercises based on what we do and have found like community solutions. So part of it is writing to us. And if you're interested in what we do and you see, um, you know, a component in your own neighborhood, we'd be happy to consult with you, you know what I mean? And share. Because if you're passionate about women's ed, you know, social justice, how to uplift the quality of life of women and girls, you know, that would be a great thing to do. And if you're interested in raising money for us, you know, sending one girl to school in a scholarship for a year is $150. You know what I mean? And you can give somebody and, and a hundred other people, you know, by proxy, a really different way to go forward, you know, for 150. 150. Yeah. We have a lot of different fundraising drives and, and stuff. And all of that is on the Instagram as well. So the main way to know about all that stuff is follow the Instagram. And if you're really interested, go to the top, the top, the top three, like buttons at the top that turn on notifications so that they don't miss posts, you know, because sometimes with the algorithm and everything, like really stay on top of it and then write if if they want to know more about how to do this in their own communities. and Totally. And we have so much information about who we work with, our grand partners and everything on our website as well, okay. www. And I'll link, I'll link yeah. to all that for sure. Yeah, and our Facebook yeah. too. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to point out too that um, Rain Wilson, if, if you do, I mean, if, if anyone's a fan of The Office and they follow Rain, he's always posting yes. interesting stuff about Lee Day. Yeah. And he did this great really fun uh, Facebook telethon uh, in December. And it was it was really fun because it was a big reunion for a lot of the office folks and um, a lot of friends here in LA and people on Facebook were able to um, join in that, sort of check in with their favorite office people and learn a little bit more about Haiti, uh, Lee Day in Haiti. And that was really fun. Um, so 
that kind of thing. Oh, another thing I wanted to mention too, and this is super simple, is if you use Amazon, which some people do. Oh, I don't Amazon know. Smile. Have you heard? Of, have you heard of Amazon? Yes, I have. <laughs> I, I've, I've ordered a thing or two from them in the last hour. Creative yeah. writing. Yeah, writing in Amazon. Let's drive it home, people. Those are the only two things you need to Google from yeah. now on. Um, but if you use Amazon Smile, you can. Uh, Choose, it's the easiest way to give. It's you can so choose great. For me, I forget to use it. It's not the first portal that comes up on my own home computer, and which is embarrassing to say, but during the times when it counts, August, most of my kids and my family are mm -hmm. uh, born in August. So it's sort of like our second Christmas month during um, the month of August and then also at Christmas, Christmas Hanukkah yeah, time. Adds up. Then I um, make sure that I have it on there. And if a couple people did that, you know, it's, it's really helpful and it did. I'm not paying more for my Amazon. Nope. Um, the other thing is the subscriber. I do want to mention that again. I'm a big proponent of public radio and things that I love. And I do subscribe. I think it's like 10 bucks a month to a couple of places that I really truly believe in. Mm -hmm. And Lide is one of them. So for like $10 a month, yeah. I sound like Sally it's Struthers, but you know, like, but like if you buy, if you ever buy like four copies for your friends throughout a month, that's like 10 bucks. And so yeah. if you signed up for one year and paid 10 bucks a month. In LA, that's like two coffees, maybe. Oh my right? gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. My, my, my quad mocha, no Yeah, that's like, that's like 12 bucks right there. So one coffee a month. <laughs> exactly. Oh wait, was it organic? Uh, tw yeah, yeah, that's 12 right, 12 bucks. <laughs> okay, so um, let's conclude with this. This is a big question. Are you ready? Yeah. For both of you. Okay. I don't know. Many, 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 many years from now, you both are going to die. We're all going to die. In this hypothetical scenario, I've been asked to give you a eulogy. Okay. And so everybody that you have had, you know, your family and your friends and your daughters and your son and the lead ace, everybody's there. Everybody's gathered together to celebrate and mourn your lives. Mm -hmm. In a sentence or two, what do you hope that I would say over you on that day? Mm. Wow, that's a great question. I love that. I'm going to use that for a writing exercise. Thanks, Nick. You're welcome. <laughs> Wait, so you're but now you got to answer it. No, I got. I know. I know. She was just stalling. She was stalling. That no, I'm just kidding. No, to it's know. it's the question though, right? Because no, it is. we have yeah. to reverse engineer life, right? Right. So we think about that statement. What do I want to be known for? Because mm -hmm. that could happen five minutes from now. I could hit. You know, people are crazy in the state driving, so I could get hit on the way back. So like, yeah. we just got to reverse engineer and say, okay, if that's tonight or fifty years from now, mm -hmm. got to work toward that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I would say it this articulately. I would maybe hire a writer for my eulogy or something. There you go. But um, I always. I always. I find in the world that I grew up in and that I lived in that everybody was like a siloed person, like mm. a compartmentalized person. Like they were one way at home and then they were a different way at church or they were, yep. you know what I mean? They were a certain way in their career and a certain way with their family. And those things didn't ever dovetail. They didn't integrate. They didn't balance. And I wanted to be the same holiday everywhere. Yeah. So, that some, so that people said, oh my God, she was a really kind person. She was she was who she said she was. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That she lived her values, that she was a kind, she was just as kind to one person as she was in front of 10 people. Mm. That that my son would say, well, she wasn't just nice outside and then would come home and be horrible to me. You know what I mean? That the genuine, a person of integrity, a person that put... Um, the upliftment of others first, mm -hmm. a humble person, that I would have left some sort of a legacy of hope to more than just my own. I wouldn't want to leave a bunch of stuff. I'm glad. I would hope that like an educational program or a story, you know, that just sort of celebrated the kind of strange paradox of life yeah. and also celebrated having aspirations, you know, that education and art, you know, and wonder would be something she would support. It's beautiful. So let's bury her. Yeah. Now let's bury her. <laughs> and now let's bury her and now have a, an amazing her. party. Party. <laughs> yes, there's got to be a party. Erin? Um, well... I mean, if it's you doing it, I'd like for you to say, well, this chick gave a damn. She gave a damn. <laughs> she gave, she a, gave damn. a damn. Yeah. But um, another thing I told you earlier is how much I love Joan Didion. And so one of her quotes, uh, I think I'm paraphrasing, is, I want to tell you to just live in the mess. Throw yourself out into the convulsions of the world. 
I'm not telling you to make the world a better a place because I don't believe progress is necessarily part of the package. Mm. I'm just telling you to live in it, to look at it, to witness it, take chances, make your own work, take pride in it, seize the moment. So I guess what I would want you to say, I would hope that I would live it, is that I lived in the mess. I lived in the mess. Yeah. And that tried to make it a better mess. And you embraced it. A better mess. <laughs> Took pride in that mess. Bless this mess. That's wonderful. Bless this mess. Well, thank you both. That was wonderful. Thank um, you. Thanks for dropping thank you, by Nick. LA. I hope you move here. Okay, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Fingers it's a, crossed. It's a great place to visit, but a better place to live. Is that is that what they say? That's yeah. I believe I'm, it. That's what I'm telling you right now. You just now. coined it. I like that. Put that on a t-shirt. That'll, that'll sell. <laughs> that'll sell. Uh, thank you both for doing this. And um, let's do it again sometime. Let's do round two in a couple of years. All right. And see, yeah. See what see, the progress see is about. See what's going on. I love it. Thanks, love it. Nick. Thank you so much for listening, friends. I truly enjoyed this conversation. I hope you did too. As we wrap up each week, I challenge you with something that you can do this very week. So here's this week's challenge. Find a young person in your life and encourage them this week. Maybe go a step further and mentor them, but at least encourage, challenge, and invest a little bit of time, energy into them. Several times during adulthood so far, I've had the opportunity to mentor a young person. Each time, I'm so glad I did it. It's so worth my time and energy and everything else that is involved. Young people are our future. I, the father of three little kids, know this so, so very well. They have to live in the world that we leave to them. So let's spend some time now investing in them. Follow Lide Haiti on social media at Lide Haiti on all the social media platforms. That's L-I-D-E-H-A-I-T-I on all social media platforms and check out their work in more ways you can get involved by visiting leadahaiti.org. I'll have all of these links in the show notes, of course. Speaking of show notes, you can find more information on this podcast conversation and Let's Give a Damn in general by going to letsgiveadam.com. If you love what we're doing with this show and this platform, please tell a friend this week or maybe leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or you can give a few dollars each month to us to support the production and execution of this show by visiting patreon.com slash let's give a damn. This podcast episode was produced by yours truly and the incredible, incredible Chad Snavely. The music is by our wonderful friend, Propaganda. Can't wait to spend time with you again next week. Peace. <laughs>